Hey guys, and welcome back to episode four of the Canna Cultivation and Culture Podcast. It's Marina, and I'm here today with a special guest. I have Alicia from Revived. Hey guys. Hey everybody. So today Alicia's joining us. We're gonna she owns um this great sneaker store in my hometown of Middleborough. Sells um lots of exclusive kicks. They do cleaning, customizing. We buy, sell, trade. Right? Everything. A little bit of everything. everything. And so much variety. It's really cool to see a store like this um, pop up in downtown Middleborough as well. I really like... I like the flavor that it's bringing. I like a little something different, you know? A little something different. We're in the gray area here. Exactly, exactly. All right, awesome. So today we wanted to talk about, we're going to jump in, talk about some hemp stuff, talk about hemp sneakers. Um, We're going to discuss some news. And then we're going to talk about um, the stigma that kind of sits around moms who smoke cannabis and and women in general smoke cannabis. You know, we've we've come so far, but we're still fighting it. (laughs) <laughs> we, are bad. we are still in the gray area. Exactly. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, definitely. So I definitely want to talk like hemp sneakers, the new sustainable sneakers that are yeah. coming out. Um, I think that's a really powerful movement. And, um, yeah, we'll just go from there. Awesome. All right, cool. So let's jump right in. Anyways, there. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about your relationship with cannabis before we jump into okay. everything. Yeah, um, just curious when when did you start using cannabis? When did it start to become a part of your life? So I had a relationship with cannabis when I was at the young age of like thirteen. Same. You know, <laughs> like just being, you know, just feeling like it was like cool to sneak around. And, yeah. But I didn't have like that real like fondness of like what it actually meant to me and my relationship with it and like um, probably till I was uh, I'm gonna say like twenty five, twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just started when I was young, just kind of doing it like as a rebellion type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I was probably smoking the wrong thing. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So I was definitely, it was definitely like a heavy indica or whatever we could get Mm -hmm. from anywhere. Basically, that's what it was, right? I I laugh now looking at kids because I'm like, they have, like, not kids, you know, but there's so much access to things now. And before it was like, whatever somebody handed you, you were like, I hope it's really weed and I'm going to smoke it. I hope it's really weed. And we might be rolling it in paper or some sort of yep. paper, but it wasn't rolling paper. Exactly. Oh, we yeah. had to remember those juicy, um, yeah. the blunt wraps. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We... And you want to unpack them because they were filled with tobacco. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I remember being like 13, sneaking around and like then kind of feeling like, where am I or what am I doing? Or we'd be in the back of somebody's car and they ro- wouldn't roll down the window. Yeah. And then you'd finally like get out somewhere. Somewhere and you'd feel like you were in like this weird like Alice in Wonderland like trippy like am I am I out of the car am right. I in the car um <laughs> wake good times I remember that yeah fondly but um as I grew older I realized that there was like an education behind it, right right <laughs> um so I learned that like sativa was my jam it helped me bring my creativity cre- oh, sorry that's all right that <laughs> uh like my creative flow um i have 
a bad really bad anxiety so it was it was easier for me to like talk to people Mm -hmm. and like feel like calm and uh, collect all my thoughts um before I really struggled with that so I I learned that sativa was definitely my jam yeah and started going from there and it wasn't until like I was going to, I'm going to even say like four or five years ago when it really started to be like you could go into a place, really talk to somebody. Did it become more educated on like edibles and yeah. I remember chocolate being like the first thing right? that everybody tried. Oh yeah. It's crazy. I like, know. We used to have a cookie guy that we would buy cookies from. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So like you'd, or like. 420 I remember my girlfriends and I from college we get all of our keef together and we make like the brownies yes the keef brownies yes and again you'd be in a completely different world and <laughs> yeah. like maybe fall on a fall asleep on a couch somewhere so yeah we've definitely come a long way we we uh now that you can go to a dispensary and you can tell them like what kind of high you want to have or you're, if you're a functional smoker, yeah. there's all these different methods, and I'm down for it. Yeah, I absolutely. It. I love that. I think that's been such a huge part of legalization it has been the education and yeah, the and totally. the the dosing, I think, has been yes. huge. Like, learning how to properly, like, dose yourself so you mm-hmm. don't – I mean, sometimes you want to be, you know, yeah. skyrocket to the moon. Sometimes it, there's, a, there's a time for everything, but sometimes when you just want to, like – function I feel you I also have struggled with anxiety for most of my life and that's actually how cannabis became such an important part of my life as well so I totally I totally um am with you on all of that and it's so cool to see how (laughs) we continue moving and learning about it um do you have a favorite favorite method of consumption like do you like smoking flower do you vape concentrates edibles yeah I do a lot of um I do a lot of vape during mm-hmm. the, like during the day um that way I can like really control my consumption you know like or there's not it's like for a mom because mm-hmm. I am a mom I have two beautiful daughters um I, it doesn't smell I yeah don't, I don't smell um I can do it like on the DL mm-hmm. if I need to or there's some days that I just don't you know what I mean don't at all or I have days too that um it's a weekend I'm having a good time I'll take an edible Mm -hmm. or if I find a really good sativa edible I'll be on those for like a week yeah right right (laughs) yeah find a good one that mixed with good with your coffee and you're just like I'm down yeah I'm definitely edibles flower is my favorite I love to smoke flower just because I think it's just the whole process of it. I find growing yeah, it very, to smoking yes. it, it's just my favorite. But edibles as a mom have been one of my favorite <laughs> methods of consumption because it's like, yeah. all right, I can pop that gummy yeah. and I know in a half mm-hmm. an hour I'll be... <laughs> like super mom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's not to say that like you can't be that way any other day. Exactly. Just, there's just such a high demand to be here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And maybe a meet and somebody for the first time or like me I want to blow that stigma out of the water exactly like you can be that mom you can be that business owner mm-hmm. you can be all of those things and you don't have to be thought of as like a druggie or exactly disposed yeah like that's why we are at that age right now mm-hmm. we've come so far it's time to recognize it there's plenty of women out there drinking 
Yeah, exactly. Drinking their wine <laughs> and taking their shots in the bathroom. Exactly. Like, the wine now. culture of it yeah. all, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then how do you – we actually just went over this. This is my next question. And I was like, how do you fit it into your life as a mother and a business owner and that busy vibe? And, you know, you're doing such a great job. You have so much oh, wonderful you. stuff going on. And it's inspiring. It's really cool. I, I'm excited to see more people come out and be like uh, – I feel like this is a coming out. Right? I really do. <laughs> I, I honestly um, – I spoke with some of the people that I work with today, and I feel like this is like it, – it is such a coming out. Yeah. Um, I don't like the stigma. I try to explain to people in some sort of moderation. And I feel like that is even so sad. Like, mm-hmm. We have to you, we have to have like many conversations before I can open up with who I am. Exactly. Um, if they don't accept it, it's, oh, it smells like weed or it smells like this. Well, guess what, girl? If you think stuff smells, guess what? I just popped an edible in the back it exactly known. i rolled up to this meeting you know yeah really, but it's that what what word am i looking for like it's just that prejudice kind yeah, of yeah like, absolutely behavior. like that's like way like 20 30 years it's so behind us. far ingrained into yeah. our into our society as a whole you know i mean mm-hmm. i remember growing up and my my mom who now indulges in yes. edibles and vapes you know but i remember growing up you would have thought i was doing meth you know what i mean oh, like it was like <laughs> oh so it was so it was so different my parents were like closet hippies yeah. and they were like i would smell in the basement and not till i was 13 did i yeah. realize i put the smell and the scent together i was like dude they've been doing this all right the time. Like, why didn't they just tell me that's you know? so, funny. so um how do i integrate it in my life um so I do it on, it's unfortunate, but with a grain of salt, like I don't come out there all the time and tell people this is who I am. But yeah. if you, if you are well respected in my circles, we, we all have that com- common thread like, mm-hmm. with each other. Um, so you're not going to know that right away with me, but I think that also is like a blessing in disguise too. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to come out there and this is definitely my coming out, but at the same time. That shouldn't be this. Th- that shouldn't be attached to who I am. Exactly. Um, I'm so much more than that. But on a daily basis, like, yes, if I'm I'm having a high anxiety day, or I'm worried about things, or just just being able to like have an edible or smoke or whatever, I'll be able to get down to your level and actually speak to you, which maybe I didn't before. Exactly. You know what I mean, like, maybe I was just too anxious and I'd let some other guy like talk the whole mm-hmm. day you know yeah whereas that's a big thing in my industry is like it's a male dominated field mm-hmm. um so i get intimidated get quiet and just let them do the talking mm-hmm. cannabis has worked as like kind of like my little magic power I, I i get right into the conversation i have a creative thought process mm-hmm. and i'm able to express it yes that's that's so well put absolutely okay. i feel that tremendously it's it's unfor- it's unfortunate because like we were saying earlier you know with wine culture you can go 
I mean, how many times have you gone to a play date and somebody's offered you a glass of wine? Oh, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. two o'clock on a Thursday and it's fine. Yeah. It's like, all right, sure, I'll have a glass of wine somewhere. Exactly. Right? And it's a joke and it's it's something fun that you, you agree will help you, you know, get loose or whatever. And it's like in the in the wake of people really embracing that mental health is so important mm-hmm. and we really need to focus um on that and how so many people suffer with anxiety and depression and other mm-hmm. mental health issues and then it's like but don't medicate that way you know we'll yeah. give you this you know and it's like yeah. why why are we so okay with just a prescription over yeah. over a plant mm-hmm. <laughs> i i so unfortunately i have I also went through that journey. Um, I was medicated. Uh, they gave me Xanax, and um, I was on uh, anti-anxiety medicine, and I shot up to, like, over 200 pounds, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And, like, I was just, like, I, I wasn't myself. Yeah. Like, there was, I was there, but the lights weren't on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would be, like, very robot-like, go to work, come home, take the kids to school, but the that like happy person was yeah. not there. And then I looked at my in the mirror one day and I was just like, This isn't me. Yeah. Like and it's just like keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Right? Like go back to what you know. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need any of this. And slowly I got off all my medication. I started walking with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. We would go to like Pratt Farm, smoke a joint eat some edibles and that's how we got through the pandemic yes like that's exactly how really great edibles yeah tons of walking Mm -hmm. and i found myself just like the pounds were just shedding that's awesome and i just became so much happier yeah and like it was like why why did you forget about this part of your life you know like and it it was an amazing feeling. Like, it really was all the way around. And then to come here and start building this during the pandemic, it was just, it was awesome. Yeah, that's... Very am- empowering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, I can tell, you know, what a creative person you are, you know, mm-hmm. so that must feel... Losing that is like <sighs> losing a big part of yourself. I, yeah. Yeah, it's... I couldn't... I didn't even know who I was anymore. Yeah. Like, and you think you lose that being a mom because you just so, you so, you so embrace your children that, like, you become that mom role. But I wanted to show my kids who I was. Yeah. I kept seeing myself in pictures and all these things from the past. And I was like, I remember that girl. Right. (laughs) I want to get back there. And then, bang, it was like, and then, obviously, come in full circle and, like, and um, I'm, I don't hide from my children. Mm-hmm. My my kids are fully educated on how this has been part of my journey. Yeah. Um, that was very hard, I'll be honest. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was, like, something I was okay with doing. But it was part of that full circle, like, I have to be true to who I am. Mm-hmm. And honestly they were okay like they were they were okay with it yeah I mean I don't know if they'll like 100% get the full 360 of all of that right now mm-hmm. but as they mature and they you know they understand mom's you know mom's stressed out mom's this mom's that you know and they they realize that this is kind of like my low-key way of just like getting through the day yeah absolutely know? I think that's awesome I think that's how I really think that's how we're going to break a lot of barriers is educating our children so that when they come up, 
this is just part of life you know it's just part of life I know my kids as well it's it's what I go to work for I come home and I grow plants and I do this and that so like like, so they have to be yeah so I teach them about it you know and and it's a plant exactly it grows in the ground exactly exactly (laughs) and you know what like my daughter is 13 years old I ask I hope that she waits a little longer to mm-hmm. experiment, you know, let her little brain grow yes, a little bit more. Exactly. But when she gets to the point where she's old enough and she's questioning things and wondering about, mm-hmm. I would like to try this or even CBD for, mm-hmm. unfortunately, she has the anxiety yeah. that I have always had. And did, does that, did that scare you? Like, I felt like I was so scared that, like, my daughter could have the same Yeah, it's definitely, it's been... It's been a lot. We, um, luckily, getting it out. She's been having, I found that the pandemic was really, oh, really hard for hard. these kids, yes. you know? And my daughter's 14, so they yeah. have, like, similar paths as, like, when it hit. Mm-hmm. They were going through puberty during yeah. the pandemic, which is awful. Exactly, and it's, like, they're, like, social awakening, kind of, you yes. know what I mean? It's when they're, like, learning how to, like... Mm-hmm. be people and it was like they were stuck in the house and away from everybody yeah. and it was it really I think impacted them a lot more than we think we thought they yeah, yeah but I do feel that the lines of communication as far as mental health goes are much more open now mm-hmm. and I do feel like kids coming up feel more comfortable talking about it than oh, we did when yeah, we were younger totally. right oh 100 percent. I totally agree and I feel like as long as you continue to have the conversation mm-hmm. and you're not just as intimidated on the other end yeah like I feel like there are those moms that like are almost afraid to talk to their kids about stuff mm-hmm. and I'm just like hey let's talk all the time yeah yeah i agree i think it's just incredibly important to have an open dialogue with our kids and cannabis i think is a huge part of that you know i really do i really do and especially too i i believe we're probably similar in age i'm 33 i am 35 yeah so we're close very close in age and i feel like um we saw a lot of the opioid epidemic really start to yeah. ramp up um mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that I grew up with and a lot of people I love in my yeah. life still to this day mm-hmm. luckily who are some sober some not unfortunately mm-hmm. but yeah. I remember Percocet just becoming this like huge huge, huge yeah. thing you know mm-hmm. and it was like just getting given out like candy yes. you it, know yeah you had a backache here's a perk mm-hmm. um it it directly affected my family personally yeah. And I'm proud to say that, like, we've come so far. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said before, it's like, um, unfortunately, if this if this was already legalized before then, I don't know if we would be in the same situation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really, truly believe that if there was other options, um, CBD included, mm-hmm. I, c- I can't believe watching some of the videos I've watched on how that, like, really builds up in your body. Mm-hmm. And... I, like where we would be now like, yeah um i think that's big a big pharma thing yeah I think they, absolutely. that was planted with this let's see what we're gonna do with this you know it was like it was crazy um i have i try to live more of like a simpler life now and just more you know uh plant-based and and it grows in the ground it's for me mm-hmm. um 
I've done a little experiment with, like, I like the mushrooms here and there. Same. I agree. Um, every once in a while, I feel like I'm slipping. I feel a little depressed. It's a great reset, right? It's like a nice reset. It is. It yes. really is. And I hate the connotation with that as well. I'm very excited with the progress, I feel like, um is being made on them. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's happening faster it's happening. than cannabis did. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like it was like one foot in the door <laughs> and then the mushrooms just jumped yeah. right in. Yeah. And it's like it's crazy. I I remember I did them way back in high school and like tripped hard and you know <laughs> have had a time and then it wasn't actually until the pandemic until we were quarantined at home and, you know me and my um me and my husband we we always wanted to. We were like, we yeah, want to take mushrooms yeah, again sometime, you know? Yeah. Like, why not? But when we were at home and we were in quarantine, we were like, when is a better time than yes, now? You exactly. know what I mean? You and need to have the right environment. Exactly. Oh, is, yeah. That is number one. If mm-hmm. you guys didn't know this, you always have to be in the right environment. Yes, yes, and exactly. And with people that you love. That you love and trust. Yes, yes. that's huge. But I, um, after the first time we did them together... I started kind of experience with like um, experimenting with like microdosing. We're doing like a smaller, hmm. a little bit, and what it's supposed to do is help you like kind of essentially reset like your anxiety and wow. your depression. And you know, it doesn't fit. Nothing fixes everything. No. You know what I mean? Oh, We're no, always but... gonna have to deal with it. But I've found that as some, it's definitely helped me. It's helped me through a lot. Um, and I found that it helps me with decision making sometimes too. Like I'm able to really sit there and like open my mind and be like, all right, let's weigh all my options here. What do I have? You know? Yeah, like they, sharpen. Yeah, sharpen process. absolutely. Hmm. So interesting. So, do you like microdose with the? I heard that you can like do with like encapsulated things. Now. Yeah. So I have. I was using um chocolates. They actually have like um chocolate bars. Like they have edible. Yeah, I know, and they have the oil in it. But wow. um, I'm very. That is a trip I'd like to go on with. Like starting, you can make your own little capsules. You know, grind mm-hmm. up a little bit and put it in there, and and people do it like that. And it's just, it's not enough to make you trip but it's enough to put you into like your own consciousness and kind of you know what i mean do some self-work because anxiety could it takes you right out and it's like it numbs you exactly it's like you want to say all the right things you want to be around the right people and like neither of those things ever happen Mm -hmm. when you feel like you're so anxious exactly and then like i feel like afterwards you're like oh could have done so much better yes oh, I hate that feeling <laughs> yes and I felt that so much so yeah like I I love that every once in a while nice mm-hmm. little reset all right we're back and we're gonna jump into some hemp talk right now we wanted to talk about hemp sneakers with the sneaker queen over here <laughs> <laughs> thought it was a cool idea <laughs> um it's something that has kind of been They've been out there. They've they've been coming out. I think um, I saw the Nike, the SB Dunk Lows, the Pro SB oh, Hemp yeah. Pack. Yeah, those yeah. came out back in like 2003. So yeah, the they've been doing it. Yeah. yeah that's, so awesome. <laughs> that's a real skate shoe. Right? Yeah, like none of this like glorified SB stuff. That's a real, real shoe. I, I was checking those out too. It's funny you said that. Right? It's on my list. <laughs> so essentially... Obviously, using hemp, it's 
a sustainable material. It's really great for the environment. So it's nice to see it kind of rolling into different parts of our um, economy as far as like clothing and shoes and stuff like that. Um, I don't think they're like the most attractive looking shoes. <laughs> It all depends on what you're fitting. Right. So you come into Revived here and I will get I will give you the my honest fit check from head to toe. You right. have to have the right you have to have the right gear on. Right. But, um I do like the way that it looks when it is worn. Yeah. Um it's I think they try to replicate that in right. some sort of way with some of these new um shoes that like as you wear them, they break away. Yeah. So it's almost being replicated, but it's not being pushed or used as much as it should be. Mm -hmm. um, I did my little research on hemp itself, and it is more like of a breathable brand. Yeah. Which then overall, you're not getting that stinky shoe vibe. Mm -hmm. And that's also very attractive. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right? I can consider, especially for my nine-year-old who is always running around, mm -hmm. like, I would really love to have a shoe oh, yeah. that is Definitely. more breathable. They should, make, they, they should make a hemp soccer cleat. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. I would put money into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I would prefer that coming up and seeing that go somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, right now, they do have the dunks. They're pretty penny. We'll yeah. talk about, I would assume that hemp is probably much more of an expensive expensive yeah i would think because of the production and because it is legal now with the 2018 farm bill hemp is legal but production of it is such a long it's mm -hmm. a long period it takes longer to cultivate so i do believe the price is a little higher yeah um but I wonder, I, I hope over time, if this is something that we We're getting can more really sustain. Exactly. Like, let's, let's push this. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, maybe overall, like, we, we just start seeing this a little bit more coming more when uh, the shoes also are being made in the United States. Possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, a lot of the shoes are being made in like Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Nike's got a huge factory out that way. Possibly if we start bringing stuff back to the U.S., we yeah. might be able to see this stuff come out more. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. And that's yeah. something that um, didn't even really click with me, but that is a great point. To yeah. It would be huge, and it would bring in so much for us. Revenue. Yeah. Like, we need this back. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and um, I know that hemp also, it saves water, which is huge wow. because of how much, I mean, how much water goes into it and how much water goes out. But mm -hmm. um, so farmers would definitely um, benefit from that. Sorry, yeah, I can't find definitely. my word there. <laughs> um, can replenish the soil organ organically. organically. Yeah, yeah, it's its own it's compost. Bio, it's probably biodegradable. Exactly. It, yeah, material. exactly. You compost it back into the yeah, earth and then you totally. plant more stuff, you know? So it's just like there's so many There's so many possibilities. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, and definitely that, like, breathability and the anti... The yeah. anti... Um, 
what is the word I'm looking for? Antibacterial properties that hemp yeah. has that keeps. Oh, really? Those. Yeah, absolutely. So it's an antibacterial. Property? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So that'll really keep yeah. you know shoes a little fresh. So I think that's a great thing. And then another little thing that I saw that I thought was really cool, and I'm I'm a little hippie, yeah. you know, and yeah, I'm I'm that. all about saving, <laughs> all about anything green, you yes. know. Um, but most hemp sneakers add carbon to the air. I mean, I'm sorry. Most sneakers, most regular yes. sneakers add carbon to the air through plastic. Oh. But hemp sneakers actually pull carbon from the air. So mm. it's good for our entire yeah. environment around us. We could be like walking around as like air pure, <laughs> little mini air pure. Exactly. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many, there's a lot of different varieties out there i don't know how much is actually on the market right now for like an affordability aspect of hemp sneakers it's it's few and far between Mm -hmm. um and any of the stuff that's actually like right now we've got a sneakers culture building up here. yeah it's all about hype sneakers so Mm -hmm. um you'd have to kind of break into that like this is cool, mm-hmm. and it's this, Exactly. Right? So we saw the Air Forces that came out last season. They were all the sustainable ones. But guess what? The kids weren't going for it because mm-hmm. they just didn't look the same. Mm-hmm. So we need to get on, like, they look the same. They feel the same. They are the same yeah. type of movement. You Absolutely. Know? Like, you can tell... Just by, they put these, like, speckles on the bottom of recycled stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know it looks ugly. Like, yeah. nobody's going to buy that. But it should be what's looking good at yeah, the same time. Yeah, exactly. They, need, they needed a better designer in that department. Yeah, you know? the like, sustainability and the it, style. And the style all at once. Because mm-hmm. yes. that's what people are looking for. I mean, you have a whole business based on... People are out there searching for the perfect kicks. Like, they know what they want. They're searching for Mm -hmm. it. You know, I have a little sneaker hat at home, and she knows what she wants. Oh, yeah. And it's got a... It does sometimes have a price tag to it, but that's part of our business plan here is, like, I buy, sell, and trade. Mm -hmm. So I try to buy things um, in bulk or in, in like, big deals, and then I'm able to, to have that affordability. And another thing that we do here is we take in older shoes, Mm -hmm. we clean them, and then we are able to give them to the kids and families and moms and dads who want those sneakers but at a discounted price. Yeah. So we're actually, like, recycling shoes at the same time. Yeah. We're taking them in, we're making them look good, and then we're putting them back out. That's amazing. Which is, like, truly important to, like, revive. That's... Definitely. That's that's the name. That's where it came from. Yep. And purpose, reuse. And some of the sneakers that you post on Instagram that are used, you can't even tell that they've ever been worn. It's insane. They're so clean. It's like, what? And I think that I mean that's huge for for exactly what we're talking about sustainability you know we're we're recycling the same yeah. shoes and, and giving them life and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing and a, like you said a lot of people who don't have the option to pay the higher price tags yeah. will have the option to sell rock the shoes so that's still really rock cool. the shoes exactly and then we always say like we we're gonna try to make this movement cool like, yeah it needs to be cool again like, definitely take care of your shoes take care Mm -hmm. your investment you're gonna pay that price tag you should know how to take care of them exactly like you're not just buying a sneaker so you can get a new one in two weeks like learn how to protect your investment Mm -hmm. we sell all this stuff here we offer cleanings 
Um, and and if you're done with your shoes too, come bring them back. Yeah, we'll give you a, a store credit and like it goes it goes in that circle of sustainability. You That's know? a beautiful thing. Absolutely, yep. I love that. All right, wanted to jump into another little hemp story because I Ooh. found this. Yeah, <laughs> I found this and I thought it was cool. So it doesn't. Um, it's federally funded study that finds that feeding cows hemp actually helps them chill out and <laughs> makes them healthier. Nice. <laughs> right? We all like a chilled out cow. <laughs> exactly. So, um, a Kansas State University researcher found that feeding cattle industrial hemp reduces their stress le- stress level and makes them actually like lie down and relax. And a relaxed Ooh. steer will be healthier. So that's a huge help to farmers because then they're not um, worrying about certain, like, things that can happen during transport or when they wean the cattle off of their mother's milk or whatever. Sometimes they can be more apt to pull in, like, diseases or sicknesses, and they found... Become, like, mad cow. Yeah, yeah, right? Like... (laughs) Mad cows everywhere. (laughs) Don't need mad cow disease. Right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, so they said a hemp could be a natural way to decrease stress-related respiratory infections in cattle. So that's so interesting to me. Um, I've been a vegetarian since I was five, so I haven't eaten meat in a really long time, but I prepare it daily because Mm -hmm. my whole family is full of meat eaters, you know? So I mean, to know that maybe like hemp is helping to provide healthier, more, you know, less. Yes. So how do we start? How like how do you then bring that to the farming community and like cha- like agriculturally change something that like how would you put that into their food like right so essentially this little study here was done with 16 um cattle and what they did is they took half of their regular feed and then half hemp and they industrial hemp and they mixed it together and they oh, fed it wow. to them over the course of 2 weeks and then they tested um they monitored their reactions to it they monitored their activities checked their blood for cortisol and prostaglandin which i guess are markers for stress so if that's in their blood system then they know that they felt Oh, wow. Stress, yeah. So they're hmm. seeing a significant decrease in that when they're fed the diet with half of their regular food and half hemp instead of no yeah. hemp at all. That's so incredible. Right? So that's pretty cool. Um, the more you know. Under, right? Exactly. <laughs> 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 under the 2018 Farm Bill, um, hemp is legal, but they would have to you know, to reach back to your question, they would have to bring it through to the Department of Agriculture and they would have to have it approved to make it, like, something that they could do in, like, this is a funded study. So to make it something that you could, like, put into action on your farm and it be, like, within regulations. Um, But hopefully, you know, hopefully the reason they're funding studies like this is because that's what we're trying to move forward to do, right? Exactly. That's that's my hopes. It's time. Yeah, exactly. It it really is. is. It's not just people. It's Mm -hmm. animals. It's 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 a whole movement. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a huge animal lover, and I just like happy animals. Yeah. Happy animals. Exactly. Instead of pumping them full of, you know. Um, antibiotics and and steroids, you know, they talk about, it's almost impossible to 
to even drink water anymore that doesn't have some kind of plastic in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's very difficult. It's like we have to start kind of going back in time if we want to fix any of it, right? Sustain exactly. It's 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 crazy. It's time for sure. Definitely, definitely. Oh man. All right, and then I also I I found this story and I thought it kind of like tied into us talking about moms and cannabis use and and the stigma around it and how people, you know, tend to not all of them, but you know a lot of people will look at it as like, you know, you're using drugs or you're you're yeah. neglectful or you're not, you know, taking care of what you need to do because you're getting high you know i hate to even say that you know i know i use stoned if anything but like i'm just living like medicating i know we use a lot of work we say medicating and i think that is a really good way to put it i like the way that that sounds better Mm -hmm. but um i found in um another study that came out that said that cannabis legalization has been tied to a significant decrease in foster care placements among in the country amongst um states that are legal so that's crazy, right? It's almost the opposite of what yeah. they thought the effects would be. They said that there's at least a 10% decrease in foster care admissions on average among legal states, a new study from the University of Mississippi found. So um, this is a reduction in the amount of placements that were made due to neglect, abuse, incarceration, and substance abuse. Right? So, so it's, this is working. Yeah. Right? It's like a big part of the fight against legalization is like, what will this do to people's mental health? What will this do to the welfare of children? What will this, you know, and it's like, but studies are showing us that there's a significant amount of evidence that legalization is reducing the threats to yes. child welfare. And, you know, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with substance if we had had you know cannabis in place of substances or even i'm a big i'm a big advocate for cannabis for um addiction like recovery i think using it through the process of recovery i think it's incredibly important they'll throw you a suboxone real quick but they won't you know what i mean exactly i I would like to see the effects of that like does that reduce cravings Mm -hmm. like all these different things all these other doors that could open there's so many i want to do a whole like a whole deep dive into that because that's something i feel very um very passionate about Mm -hmm. and um the studies and the fact that they're actually just putting money and time into the research behind it and they're like yeah "Yeah." they're like oh wow we does help people (laughs) get over their addiction issue it's like does it oh weird does it take i somebody somebody one of the closest people to me in my life um had dealt with drug addiction for Mm -hmm. a long time Mm -hmm. um and has been clean for a very long time now Mm -hmm. and has used cannabis to get through that process and told me one time that like in the beginning it was just about forgetting it was just about needing something to occupy your mind and just forget that you wanted so and eventually it just started to be about like all right, this is helping me with my anxiety. This is helping. And then it was like, oh, why am I anxious? And then Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, maybe I can deal with this anxiety. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's not about, I just need to not think about the drug. It's like, wow, this is helping me really like uncover these issues. And And you're able to talk. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the big elephant in the room Mm -hmm. is that people start, 
talk like when they're ashamed or they're going through their addiction they they just keep getting a lot more closed mm-hmm. closed in they're ashamed yeah and cannabis is doing the exact opposite mm-hmm. it's getting people to talk people to congregate yes you do this i do that like i like this i like that with our sneakers it's like a story so people come in we start talking it's mm-hmm. like it's it's promoting people t- to just have conversation exactly. which is saving people's lives exactly that comes down to it it's saving people's lives yes. people need to communicate mm-hmm. communication is key it's huge it's huge and it's if we have it if we have it in our in our reach to be able to do that it's like i just Mm-hmm. Let's do it. You know, there's yeah. no reason. There's no reason that we shouldn't be. And I know, you know, I don't. I know that re- rehab and all of that stuff is in place for a reason. But sometimes people don't relate to the steps and people don't relate. You know, they have mm-hmm. a hard time with that process. Yeah. And it's like, what if you can take a journey by your, you know, take your own journey too, like along with that. And maybe you can. Yeah, totally. Tailor your own your own recovery, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, because recovery can be so many different things. So it just many. doesn't have to be like methadone or this mm-hmm. or that. I would love to see recovery centers being like cannabis. Centers. Exactly. And no shade to anybody who's no, recovering no, because no, recovery yeah. this, in any aspect. In each, each exactly. Season. But I, I totally agree. It's like... It should be an option. It yeah. should be. It could be. It so should be many... the first option, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, I would be very interested to see how they could use that to evolve. Exactly. That's all we want is we just want to see some things that maybe didn't work then work now, mm-hmm. or just be considered. Exactly. That's all. I feel like that's a a hard hurdle for a lot of people, and I I feel like we're getting better. But it's like, we didn't do it that way back then, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like almost scary to jump in for a lot of people to be like, oh, well, that's not how we've we've done it all this time. And it's Mm -hmm. like, but it's okay to progress. It's okay to change. And it's okay to find things that work better or work better for some people. Yeah. Some people don't. Exactly. Because, again, this is not for everybody. Exactly. It doesn't work for everybody. It's an individual experience. Yep, and yeah. some people can go work a nine to five and you know have an edible or or smoke their vape during the day, and some people that that works the exact opposite on mm-hmm. it's just to each his own. Exactly, but nobody should be judged for that. Exactly, that's my thing. It's and like, the option should be there to mm-hmm. decide if it's for you or if it's and that not. doesn't mean that you're not responsible either exactly because i think it is so responsible to step up and say hey this works for me exactly and and you're not afraid to say hey like i'm not i don't like that mm-hmm. like just have the having the conversation i think we were just talking about our kids and stuff too it's like just having the conversation like hey are you going to go out with your friends like are you going with your friend out with your friends because you want to do this mm-hmm. like it's all those conversations that they're like don't talk to me about and you're yeah. like yes i'm gonna talk to yeah you about it. <laughs> exactly i was that kid yep you know like not here i know not what now. you're doing i know i know why you're trying to sleep over that one so it's just tell me like right. we're gonna have this conversation and i don't care if it's uncomfortable or not yeah absolutely and cannabis helps exactly having those conversations it really does it, it just really rolls does. right out 
Yeah. It's like, I'm that kid again. Yeah. And I see what you're doing. And it helps you empathize a little bit too, yes. right? Like the I feel like, is there. Yes. yeah, I feel like it helps me empathize a little bit and be able to be like, God, I was going through the same thing at this yes. age. Like this is not totally. Empathy. Yeah. I, I know like right before I like do, especially with girls, you get so heated. Yeah. <laughs> you get so heated and then you like able to like kind of escape or like I'll hit my vape pen and then I'll come back and be like, all right. Right. Let's talk about that. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Completely. And I think they'll, they, in some due time, they'll, they'll respect that. Too. Absolutely. Like, you know, like. Absolutely. I love that. And just on the tail end of that, because I feel like this is what money speaks, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So money speaks to a lot of people. So national legalization could also <laughs> provide hundreds of millions of dollars of savings for the foster care system because an average placement costs upwards of $25,000, this study, study shows. So there's a potential of a $675,000 annual savings just within the foster care system if we were to go about um, federal legalization. So that's just, I mean, it's huge. money talks, right? Like, it you, does. What <laughs> I, I want to know is, is this going to be publicized? Like, yeah. are these numbers getting out to the right people so they know exactly what this is doing? That's like, what we're trying to do, right? We got to do the like, best we, we can. Yeah, I'm like... We, we got to tell people that yeah. this is making a change. Absolutely. Because I didn't know that. Right? It's 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 all of these little studies that are coming along now and all of these. Because for so long it was like one college was federally funded to research cannabis. Like one college in the United States. Wow. And so it's like now where we're like we're still not federally legal but each state can kind of like tailor their own research programs Mm -hmm. and there's so much coming out now but you're right it's got to be it's got to come out and get to the right people it's got to come out and get to the people who are so against it still for some reason yeah exactly exactly just throw it right at them you know even if you gotta do it on the little like cursor down below exactly just something some sort of credit yeah this is going and then then how does the money funnel and trickle down into the places that matter Mm -hmm. like what i don't really understand this but like when we pay taxes Mm -hmm. i know like 420 made like three million dollars the other day like where does that money go to how does that trickle down yeah that's definitely something that the industry is working on yeah. and and still has a lot of work to put in because there is there's a lot of programs that they want to see in place and there's a lot of things that they want to do but we have to make sure that it's not we have to make sure that it's kind of going back into our communities and not going to these big these big corporations that are now going to start buying up these little mom and pop shops and mm-hmm. you know so oh, and we end up with a Walmart yeah. of weed you know what I mean <laughs> I and it's like oh, we have oh, to no. avoid yes. that that's that's what we need yes. to do and and we have to you know within our own communities we have to vote for people who are running and who are for the cause and who understand what cannabis can do for us with inside of our community and what you know certain revenue and it's hard because there's not 
There isn't voices There's yet. not. There's not. Vote Alicia 2023. Exactly. No, I would. <laughs> but it's true. No, it's time to break down these barriers. I just it's saw, I saw um, this girl on Instagram, and she's running for governor of her home state. And I wish I had written her name down because I was like, totally. And I'll look it up, and I'll send it to you later yeah, so you can definitely. look at it. But um, she's just like this young girl and she's just out there like fighting for things like this and really like people are giving her such a hard time and they're just like Like, that's what I mean it's like I think that she maybe has a little bit of a you know past of nothing crazy but just being like we you know but don't we exactly everybody has a past it's the people like the people that I always most worry about Mm -hmm. those people that act like they're normal yeah like, quote what is normal exactly and if you say that you're normal i'm already worried exactly it's the people that are just like i am who i am mm-hmm. those are my people and aren't the people who have faced diversity i mean adversity the people that we want fighting for us oh, because they know what it's like to fucking climb their way oh, out yeah. of the bottom and get to where they need yes. to go like that's the people that's we want it. working yes. for us right oh, yes yeah. and they're working for us so yep. we need to tell them this is what we need to get done you know and it's 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 definitely easier said than done but i feel like i really hope that we start seeing people at a at a town and a state level who are really pushing for these things. You know what I mean? Because at a federal level, we're always going to be at a weird, you know what I mean? But within our own communities, we can really, we can make a difference. So yeah, we we have to do. I get the whole like business aspect of it, but like you just brought in like the most important piece, like people that are fighters, Mm -hmm. that are natural born, like, we're in this problem, let's solve it. Yes. Problem solvers, people that know how to get from a bad situation and come up. Exactly. Because that's like, I'm going to sit there and say it, but those are the entrepreneurs that are coming out mm-hmm. now. The, I'm an entrepreneur. I've gone through hell and back, mm-hmm. and I know how to get out of a, a, a bind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If something bad happens, I've been there, done that. Yeah. You know? And some of these people... They've just been throwing money at it. For yeah, time. exactly. Like, money talks, and mm-hmm. that's sad. Exactly. It brings us. It always brings us around to the same places we left, right? Yeah, it doesn't exactly. really make much progress. No. Nope. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's huge. And and as you know, bringing it back, like we talked about, educating our kids, educating our communities. Um, myself, I work in the industry, and for myself, a big part of my own like. I guess, like, the way I feel is, like, I want to work for places that are not big corporations. I want to oh, work for it. family businesses. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the... the Support dispens- your small Exactly. The dispensary I grow for is a minority-owned small business, and it's, like, I... I can't... Bring it back. Exactly. Like, bring it back to the way it was. I can't imagine what it would be like, you know... To have friggin' Amazon weed. You know, yeah, have some I, I just know. people who don't understand. It's don't a craft. It. It's a craft. It's, it's a like craft. sneakers. It's a craft. Yes. It's a, it's, it's. And if you don't, if you need something more, like, who is there to explain it? Exactly. Because everything has a story. Mm-hmm. And everything, like what we were saying about that, if we knew back then that there were certain types of weed for a certain type of mood, mm-hmm. like we would have been in a whole different world. Exactly. At 13 years old, like 
just educate people. But yeah. But the people at Amazon aren't calling you saying, you know, did you like that toilet paper? Was it the right kind exactly. you Exactly. You're not going to get that hometown, like, come in my store, let me... But let me size your foot. Let exactly. me like end the conversation. You get people to talk when mm-hmm. you're when you're one on one with them. You're not going to get that. that you're not the connections. Get. You know that the guy down the street will clean your shoes, and you can mm-hmm. drop them off, and you can say hi. How was your day? Mm-hmm. And maybe that person really needed that conversation. Yeah. That day, you know, you never know. Absolutely, I feel that, and I I love how that kind of just. Um, tied in like our two Mm -hmm. our two industries because it it really is it's it's almost like you know you see the big box stores with the sneakers and Mm -hmm. you're like you you're just missing something it's missing Mm -hmm. something and there's something cool about being able to walk in and and talk like you said talk to somebody talk about the like I love to talk about weed. I started a podcast because I talk about weed all day and it wasn't enough for me. I was like, I want to talk about (laughs) weed more. Exactly. Like, so it's like people want to talk about the things that they love Exactly. and that community and that, and that interaction, it ties back to the mental health aspect. Do you know what I mean? It's all full circle. It's so full circle and circles are so important. Just knowing that like somebody comes in, they're having a tough day open up that that person like open up their soul maybe they need to be asked if they're okay maybe somebody didn't say to them today like hey are you okay like little little things like that that just like connect you and then you realize hey i i know your mom mm-hmm. and then like we're like it's just so funny how like i've met so many people that i already knew on some sort of level but yeah. didn't know because I came from a small town in Hull. Shout out in Jasca Beach. <laughs> and, um, yeah, small town girl feel. Mm-hmm. Like, graduated with, like, 80 kids in my class. Yeah. And, like, it's crazy how I'll see. I, I Sneakerhead come in the other day, and he had his girlfriend. And his girlfriend was actually, like, his, her grandmother was my Girl Scout leader. <laughs> and, like, I could just tell right in her face exactly who she That's was. So like, funny. I know your mom. I know your grandma. And it's, like, awesome how, like, a little shop can do that. Exactly. Just great conversation. Exactly. And it made her feel comfortable. Exactly. And, she was... and you're not getting that walking in the Foot Locker at the mall. No, you know what I mean. Not. You're just you're not, not getting that vibe. You're, you're not. 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 No, Plus, you're, you're not. not getting all this fire either. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Well, um, the double in the price. Exactly. They don't care. They don't. They don't. Alicia, it has been so awesome uh, talking with you. I'm so glad we got to do this. I'm so yes. glad you got to be my first oh, guest yes. on the show. And I hope you'll be back again. I cannot wait to be back. Awesome. I'm so glad I was your first. Right? <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> right? You know what? Interpret it as you will, folks. <laughs> where can um, where can everybody find you? Where are you on? Uh, we are on Instagram at Official Revived. Uh, we have a website, www.officialrevived.com. Uh, we do an Instagram live every every day except for monday and sunday and we are showing our latest kicks and fits definitely check us out amazing thank you guys so much and definitely check out alicia's store revived it is so cool i'm gonna post some pictures on instagram and show you guys around a little bit um we'll jump to a break and then when we come back we'll talk a little bit about cultivation 
all right guys we're back that was really awesome i'm so excited to have had alicia on the show uh what a great conversation about cannabis um and from an organic place which is really what i want to see start manifesting itself on the show so super excited to have jumped into that and now we're here at our cultivation section and i figured today we would talk about macronutrients so macronutrients are the three well we have three soil macronutrients and we have three macronutrients that come from the air. So essentially, we're going to say that macronutrients um, are the nutrients that cannabis requires in higher doses than other nutrients. Um, there's also micronutrients, which I think we'll probably do in next week's episode. So next week, we'll hit micronutrients and microbes. But today, we're going to talk macros. And our macronutrients are nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So a little thing to remember that by is shoots, roots, and fruits. Uh, we got nitrogen for the shoots, we got phosphorus for the roots, and we got potassium for the fruits. So <laughs> we'll break it down and look into it here. Um, let's talk about nitrogen first. So that's for the shoots. We got nitrogen for healthy foliage. Uh, you'll know that you require more nitrogen in veg and that's why because in veg you're focusing on producing leaves you're focusing on producing shoots you're focusing on growing the plant and so nitrogen is extremely important for that process um when you flip to flower obviously you keep feeding a little bit of nitrogen but you are going to um, definitely scale back on it. In the first two weeks of flower, when you have that initial stretch, um, I like to continue to feed veg mix for the first two weeks of flower. So you're still getting that good amount of nitri nitrogen because your plants are still growing so much. They're not producing buds in those first two weeks. They're starting to, you know, you're starting to get like, towards the end of week two, you're starting to get the little pom-poms. But the first two weeks are primarily for that stretch, for that, you know, the plants are becoming the size that they're going to be when they finally start producing buds. Because once those buds start getting produced, you don't see any more vegetation, like vegetative growth. Like you see, they're not going to get taller. They're not going to, you know, leaves will continue to grow you know you're going to defold and you're going to have to go back and defold again but it's about you know that's where the main growth process of the actual plant ends and we start focusing our energy on the buds um so yeah nitrogen regulates cannabis's ability to make protein essential for the protoplasm in the cells it's essential for producing amino acids enzymes nucleic acids chlorophyll and alkaloids which is huge um and like we just talked about leaf and stem growth and overall size and vigor so the vigor is how you know vigorously it's growing how how um, full and vibrant and healthy it looks you get a lot of that from the nitrogen it's nitrogen and then we jump into roots which is phosphorus and phosphorus is for strong vigorous roots and it's also essential in all of the stages of life from veg to flower 
you know, right up until harvest. Roots are always developing. And it also is a big part of bud development when we're in flower. Um, It's extremely important. It's a mobile element, which means that the plant can actively relocate it wherever it needs. So the plant will send phosphorus wherever it feels like phosphorus is needed. You know, you're just feeding it in in your nutrient mixture, whatever um, you're using, and the plant is directing it to different areas, which is really cool. I mean, plants are so fucking cool, dude. (laughs) They really are. Um, Phosphorus is necessary for photosynthesis and for energy to transfer within the plant. And then... We get on to our fruits, which is potassium. So potassium is is basically for overall healthy growth. Um, it plays a very important role in water conservation. Um, and this I kind of went a little deep into because I thought it was super interesting. And it definitely breaks it down. And I think that once you understand why your plants need these nutrients, it's easier to figure out how to feed them in properly and why we need to feed them in at certain ratios. So I kind of broke it down a little bit. Um, Like I said, it plays a very important role in water conservation. And that's because potassium is needed to open and close the stomata. So the stomata, let's jump into that. I did a little side thing so we could talk about that. And um, the stomata is found on the outer part of the leaves. So it's like little spore, like you don't, you can't even see them unless you're looking really close, but it's just like little spore openings on the leaves. And it helps photosynthesis by allowing light into the intercellular matter it monitors the output of oxygen from the plant into the environment and it regulates carbon dioxide uptake in plants. So basically the stomata keeps a balance between light and carbon dioxide and water so that the plant can properly uptake water and not allow itself to dehydrate. Um, and they're also like they're kept safe, which is cool. They have these little guard cells around them. Um, and the guard cells basically regulate the opening and the closing of the stomata. And this is based on your environmental and chemical signals. So this is based on what the phosphorus is saying. This is based on, you know, what the different um, chemicals and also what your environment is telling your plant. And then this is translated to potassium, which is used to open and close the stomata, which will then begin to regulate these things. Um when the plant, so an example of it is like when the plant loses water and they take in carbon dioxide, they take in carbon dioxide through these small openings. When water is hard to find, potassium will close the stomata to hold as much water as possible. So it will assure that we're not just letting out water when our plant is grasping for it. You know what I mean? It's going to hold on. This may cause slower growth you know this may cause a bit of a stunt because your plant is now grasping onto this water like hey I need to focus some energy on this I need to hold this and I need to make sure that this is going to stay with me um but that is what the stomata does and I thought that was really cool um I knew about the stomata but I did not realize 
how much of a player potassium was in the game. So I thought everybody would find that a little interesting, (laughs) you know, plant nerd shit. Um, And then potassium also activates enzymes and is a key player in protein synthesis, which is essentially just the process of creating protein molecules. And that's super important as well. Um, so that's our NPK, our nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. When you're reading, um, when you're reading labels and you see those three numbers on the front, you know, say you see a 15, 10, 5, that is your nitrogen, your phosphorus, and your potassium, your NPK. N is always nitrogen, phosphorus is always the P, and K is always potassium. So you'd read it like 15 parts like nitrogen, 10 parts phosphorus, 5 parts potassium, you know what I mean? 10, 15%. And so you can actually look at the ratios of your fertilizer and be like, all right, that is, that's the ratio I want to feed into my plant. How you figure it out, that's why they make it for you. (laughs) You know, they put, they put what they think the right, what, they have found upon study as the right ratios. And then you have to kind of test it out. There are a lot of nutrients on the market that run hot. Um, I find that a lot, especially a lot of the more affordable ones for some reason. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I know like I originally started growing with Fox Farm and it was great. I've gotten some great, um, I've gotten some great stuff from it. I've definitely moved up in my nutrients game, but starting with Fox Farm, I'm glad that I did. But I learned a lot about the fact that you can't always go by the feeding chart on your nutrients. Sometimes you have to kind of play with it a little bit because Fox Farm is notoriously known for having hot nutrients and hot soil. And it's just too much sometimes for the plant and it gets a nitrogen toxicity just from its own soil. I mean, or just from the nutrients you're feeding it. And then if you have the you know, Fox Farm soil, you already have nutrients in that. And it's just, it's too much. So you got to play around, you got to figure it out. But this is like the basis of it. If you understand what nitrogen does, if you understand what phosphorus does, and you understand what potassium does, then you kind of understand how much and what you need for your plant and how they work together. And it's just easier to really decode your, your nutrients or come up with your own mix, you know, wherever your journey is finding you in the, in the nutrients game. Um, so all of these macros are found in your soil and that's because we're feeding them in. Um, but there are also three other macronutrients that are found in the air and these nutrients they kind of, the plants garner themselves self-sufficiently you know they come from the air and the plants kind of take them in healthy plants um and they are either taken from the air they're produced as a byproduct of photosynthesis so that is carbon hydrogen and oxygen and so carbon is essentially inhaled by the plant through the stomata the tiny pores on the surface of the leaf we were just talking about you know that the potassium opens and closes um, and it converts gas into energy for growth and photosynthesis. 
our next um, macronutrient that we find in the air is hydrogen, and that's created by plants from water molecules during photosynthesis. Plants use hydrogen ions to drive the electron transport during photosynthesis. So hydrogen is a huge factor in photosynthesis, which we know plants need to survive. And oxygen... Oxygen, plants obtain oxygen by splitting carbon dioxide. Roots need oxygen as they have no access to light and they cannot conduct photosynthesis. Um, Plants need oxygen during respiration to help release energy from stored glucose made by photosynthesizing. So those are our air macronutrients. And even just like listening to the breakdown of them, I know it was a quick little uh, explanation for each of them, but you can kind of see how they work with the soil macronutrients, you know, for the overall health of the plant just by looking at the different things that they target. Um, And then we have our secondary macronutrients. So these are macronutrients that play a vital role in plant development, but they're not used it they're not needed as um as heavily as our original macronutrients that we just um spoke about and this is calcium magnesium and sulfur so calcium is needed for structure strength it's a non-mobile nutrient and it holds together the cell walls and the membranes within the plant It is also used as a messenger within the cells to regulate hormone and enzyme activity. And then we have magnesium, which magnesium is a powerhouse behind photosynthesis. It forms in the chlorophyll molecule and enables the plant to capture sunlight that will be used to create sugars needed for cell division, for protein synthesis, for phosphate, metabolism, and activating enzymes. So magnesium is a powerhouse for sure. It is essentially, it's not needed in huge amounts, but it is needed. And if you're not, and that's the same with all of these secondary macronutrients, they're needed. They're, they play a very vital role in your plant development. You know, just because they're not, um, they're not the original three or the original six that we just talked about you need them. You really do. Like we just said, you need magnesium for chlorophyll and for photosynthesis. And that's, that's the most important thing for plants. That's how we, that's, that's how they survive. That's how they grow. Um, and then we have sulfur and sulfur is only really needed in tiny amounts, but again, it's still needed. Um, it helps build plant proteins. Um, it helps, build vitamins and amino acids within your plant so that's our secondary macronutrients and I hope that kind of like was a decent breakdown for you guys that kind of made you understand it a little bit more like because I know I know when I first started growing I I started home growing about three years, two years before I started working in the actual cannabis industry. And not many people around me that I knew of grew at that time. You know, I started really putting it on Instagram and that's when I started finding more people that were like, hey, I grow weed too. You know what I mean? But like, 
it was still a weird thing to talk about with some people and you know you don't really walk up to people on the you know random and be like hey you grow weed like let's talk about mpk i'm curious what you you know feed into your plants it's (laughs) i think now i think now i would you know i think with the community i've kind of cultivated and and the um the cannabis world around us I feel like it would be cooler (laughs) and I could walk up to somebody and just start talking about it but for a long time that wasn't really the vibe you know what I mean so what I did was found some good Facebook groups and I found some good reddit subreddits you know what I mean like take everything with a grain of salt I found you know found some good websites and I just research I researched and researched and researched I bought books like I have the bible you know what I mean like the cannabis growing bible I'll post a picture of that one um because it's something that everybody should have but I think that's how a lot of people learned you know it was never an industry until recently so people were always learning on the fly and that is the best way to do it. You just, you know, you got to research. So anyways, what I saw with this segment is kind of starting to break down these little things that it's like, hey, I had questions on, you know, how to read the ratios of macronutrients. I had questions on why I needed nitrogen so heavily in veg and not as heavy in flour. And I figured it would be cool to just really break it down. (laughs) And that's kind of like, once you understand what they do, you're able to apply it more practically and you're able to help your plants. And with cannabis, that helps maximize your yield and that helps maximize, you know, um, production of the things you want, like terps and trikes and resin, and it helps you get a better overall plant. And that's what we're looking for, you know, the best medicine we can create. <laughs> so I really hope that um, this segment helps somebody out. And I'm excited to jump into macro um, micronutrients next week. And I would also really like to talk about microbes. Um, so look forward to that we'll call that maybe part two of this episode I know it was a little longer um so I didn't want to throw it all in here because I feel like at the end of it we'd end up with a two hour (laughs) and you know how that is so yeah I think that is pretty much a wrap on episode four this has been such a cool episode to put together um I know the interview had a little bit of a sound quality issue with myself you know believe it or not I'm a little loud and boisterous you know nobody could have told you that but um I do have a microphone now and I'm working that in so hopefully my next interview you won't have to hear my voice so boisterous but Alicia was amazing. I'm just, I'm so excited to have had that conversation. And I'm looking forward to hopefully hundreds more conversations with entrepreneurs in the cannabis world and just in the world in general and just people who love weed. Let's fucking talk about weed. I just want to talk about it with you guys. (laughs) If you're interested in coming in the show, please hit me up. If you have any topics you would really like to hear discussed, any questions that you'd like answered, please hit me up on Instagram. Um, I'm over at the 
Canna Cultivation. Uh, I'm sorry. It's at Canna underscore Cultivation Pod or I'm at Rena.grows. Either of those pages, send me over requests, questions, anything. I'll answer them on the show here. If you want to come on and talk weed with me, come on. Let's, let's make a, let's make a date. <laughs> let's do it. And yeah, I think we out, friends. We'll see you next week. Thank you.